Jikata was a cunning man. He was a trickster. Everything was a negotiation for him. And negotiation for his own benefit. He has been always like that. You know, there are people like that. In everything they do, they think about what's in it for me. They always think about calculation. They are calculating what's in it for me. Some people, whenever they get together, they think about how can I serve others or help others and you know, all that. But there are some people who always think about themselves first. What is benefit uh, for me? So, so, so Jacob was one of those. He even used, uh, he even lied and tricked people uh, to get his own advantage. He always wants to take advantage uh, of other people. I mean, he's a smart guy. Without being smart, you can't do that. So he is very smart, but his problem was not uh, the fact that he was smart, but he always used that intelligence, his smartness uh, for his own benefit and uh, profit. He tricked his brother Esau. He tricked his father Isaac. He tricked his uncle Laban. He always tricked everybody. You know, people don't change easily. These, their base character stays the same, you know. Uh, they say, oh, now I met the Lord, I'm changed. But still, when you really, really look at it, uh, their basic character comes out. So I realize that people's basic character do not really change much. And of course, it is true that their basic character may not uh, hinder them or harm them. And damaging. It may be toned down so that it's not any more uh, harmful for them and for others. But their basic character uh, do not change that much. Today you can see that in Jacob. Uh, Jacob, uh, he met the Lord. Uh, he experienced wonderful things. But this is what he said. If, it's conditional, if. God will be with me. And if God will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I can come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. If he, if he just said, the Lord is my God, that will be great. But if these things are happening, one, two, three, four, it's like a, almost like a negotiation. Condition, he put condition there. So his basic character doesn't change. Always, I mean, naturally, automatically comes, uh, whatever uh, he does. Jacob tricked his brother Esau and took away his birthright. And Esau was so angry that he was cheated and he was about to kill him. So Jacob had to run away from his home, from his parents and but Jacob was a different from Esau. You know, Esau was a hunter. So he was very familiar with the wild. He loved wild. He always goes around and several days. He no problem sleeping outside and then, you know, in the wilderness, in the wild. But Jacob was basically very domesticated. Amen. Uh, he was like a mama boy. 
<laughs> I mean, the, so he stayed home all the time, and he uh, he did cooking very well too. So he he made his porridge and then uh, uh, tricked his brother. He said he was so hungry. Just give me the birthright. I don't care. Just give me that porridge that it smells so good. And give, give it to me. So Jacob was basically staying home and then doing housework, and then. He was all alone in the wilderness. It is not the territory he was familiar with. He was comfortable with. He was in the wilderness all by himself. Not home. Wild. He must have been scared. Lonely. His future was very dark, uncertain, precarious. He hears animal, wild animals uh, uh, crying and sound, sounds of animal. He all scared him. He was very scared, lonely, and very uncertain about his future. But do you know, that is when we often meet God in a real way. When we are completely stripped off of all, all our protection. When we are all alone, scared, and the future is not uncertain, that's when God becomes real. And God's promise becomes real. And I experienced that when I first came to Canada. In the 70s, I came to Canada. I was 19. I was very familiar in Korea. Everything was, I was doing all right. But when I, was, I came here, I couldn't speak the language. I was scared. I cannot even speak. How can I work? How can I do education? I go to class. I don't understand a single word that they were saying. Scared. But that was when God became very real. And God's promise became very real. At that time, I was reading Psalm, how much it spoke to me. Every single word in the Psalm really spoke to me very powerfully. When everything is going well in your life, sometimes it is too noisy. You cannot hear God's voice. When life is good, you are surrounded by too much noise. Noise of your own ambition, your own pleasure, and your own confidence. But when you go through hard times, all these voices kind of die down. And only voice that you hear is a spiritual voice. I know people who go through difficult times. Before, they, they heard so many other things, their own ambition and everything. All, all of a sudden, all those voices are down and die down. And the only thing that they hear is God's promise. That was what Jacob heard. In that wilderness, he heard spiritual voice. This is what he said. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know. God was right there, but he did not know. And when he was so bombarded with this uh, fear and loneliness and all that, 
And all of a sudden, he was able to see that God is right there. That desolate place, lonely place, scary place was a place where God was. That was a sanctuary for him. That's why he said, it is house of God. It is a gate of heaven. That desolate place became the house of God and the gate of heaven. How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. That's what he experienced. The miserable place became the gate of heaven. Heaven. You know, depending on what you see, the place you live can either be a miserable place or a gate of heaven. There is no such a thing as sacred place. When you experience the presence of God, that place becomes a sacred place. Your desolate place becomes sacred. can live a miserable life or a sacred life depend, depending on what you see in your life. Today's anthem is beautiful. It brought tears to my eyes. When I first heard it, it brought tears to my eyes. And a young me told me later that this was written by Bonhoeffer, German theologian, who was a martyr under the uh, dictatorship of Hitler. And he wrote this to his lover in the prison. And that prison became a sacred place. By gentle powers lovingly surrounded with patience will endure. Let come what may. God is with us at night and in the morning and softly yet surely. Beautiful song. Olivia uh, uh, chose this beautiful song and thank you for choosing that. And then after she uh, chosen this song, she sent me an email. Uh, Reverend, uh, I chose this song for the anniversary. Uh, but I'm not sure whether it's appropriate or not. Uh, so he, she asked me. So uh, she sent me a music. So as soon as I heard, this is the right song for the anniversary. And especially after I found out that this was written by Bonhoeffer, I started formulating my sermon around this, theme, uh, this anthem. Bonhoeffer's poem. Thank you, Olivia. Today's our anniversary Sunday. It is also Reformation Sunday. Our anniversary always falls on the Reformation Sunday. I think it's quite symbolic. Last 26 years, God has blessed us so much. I've been here for 30 years. Uh, because four years before, I started the church. And then uh, in, uh, 20, uh, for 26 years, we were amalgamated. So I've been here. This is my thir 30th year. 
There are so many people right from the beginning who have sacrificed, who have worked hard, who gave their time, money, and energy and service for this church for the last 26, 30 years. And you have fertilized the soil where the new life could grow. And I thank you for that. You are the one who made this church possible. Through many ups and downs, God has been with us. Yesterday, I visited uh, uh, Chris's, uh, uh, Helen's uh, father, when I first came, he was the elder. Oh, boy, he and I went so many places for visitation. Every household we visited uh, for five years, every, uh, twice a year, every house we uh, visited. And so I said, Jangnonim, you really work hard, and thank you. And he was lying down. He's a, I mean, uh, he's a, over 90, and he was just, you know, he recognized. Uh, yes, there have been so many faithful Christians who believed in the promise of God. They served the church. They built the church. Their sacrificial attitude. This is what Jacob heard very clearly today. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. What a wonderful promise he received in the wilderness, in the wild. That was what kept Jacob strong. He was a weak, young, vulnerable. He faced so many challenges beyond his power. But whenever he felt like giving up, he remembered this promise. I will be with you. I will never leave you alone and abandon you until I finish what I want to do through you. And I'll bring you back home. Whenever he went through difficult time, he remembered this promise. That's what faith is. Faith is to trust in God's promise. Faith is to follow God's promise, not your circumstances. You do not follow your circumstances. You follow God's promise. Jacob always had this promise in the back of his mind. So he said to himself, even though he was living well in Haran, he said, ultimately I'm going back because God will bring me back home. But back at home, there was still threat. His brother was living. He was about to, he was, he wanted to meet him and kill him. He was still there. Esau was there. But risking his life, Jacob always thought, I would go back home. So in the end, he decided to go back home, risking his life. 
and God listened to it. God fulfilled his promise. Esau allowed it. He met Esau. Esau allowed Jacob to come home. God fulfilled his promise. My friend, God's promise is scary. It's powerful. It is powerful. God has begun a good work through this church. God will never abandon us. God will be with us and he will carry on what he wants to do through this church. I don't know exactly what that will be like. What that will look like. But God will Last 20 some years, I've been alone working for both KS and UAC. And then God sent Simon to work, carry on the ministry. I never expected he would go into ministry. Why? Why go into ministry? Lawyer, that's better. Better pay. <laughs> Who knows how God works? And God gave Jongkseon and me as a partner to work together for this church. We don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what shape it will be look. Uh, it will look like, but God will carry on. It's not by our might or wisdom that this church carries on. It is by God's power and God's wisdom that this church will carry on. That is power of God's promise. I believe what Bonhoeffer said. By gentle powers, lovingly surrounded, with patience will endure coming of need. God is with us at night and in the morning and certainly on every future day. How beautiful. Trust in God's promise for you, my friends. You're not quite sure about your future? It's kind of precarious, uncertain? Hold on to the promise of God will accomplish what he wants through you. And in the end, God will bring all of you back home. God will bring you back home while living on this earth. 